most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Race Hour podcast brought to you with our friends at gambling.com. And for the first time in the National Hunt season, of course, this year, uh, also brought to you with Cash Win Sportsbook. 30% cash back on all sports up to 300 euro for Irish players. Check out all the details are on the screen, of course. Delighted to have them on board with the Race Hour. Demo Nolan is here. Demo, how are you? All good, Dino, buddy. How are you? Yeah, very well. Had a good Christmas back into the mix now, of course. Yeah, of course, of course, of course. Yeah, it kind of all, you know, you're looking forward to it so long and then it's over and then you're back into work again and you're more tired than you were. I used to always uh, challenge you guys with kids and say, it's not as bad as you think it is. And then, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm knackered. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. Roll now on, you know. <laughs> Now you know. That's what the countdown is all about. Because when do I get a few days off and racing is the only focus? You think Christmas was that time for you, Della, but not anymore. Good luck. Welcome to the uh, welcome to the club. Another man in that club, of course, is uh, is Don McLean. It's great to have Don back on the race. Now. Don, how are you? I'm saying, yeah, yeah. No, I'm. Uh, I've signed up member to the club. I've been for a while. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, no, Christmas was great. Um, I'd always say it's like you know, it's great, great fun here at home with the family but then the racing was uh, it was really good this year like it was it was just deep deep national racing for uh, the way it fell this year you had, you had four days and then into the weekend so yeah no it was really good yeah we also got that little preamble as well didn't we, we got a meeting on the 23rd with a crambo putting itself into the stayers picture and stuff there with the long walk it, it did kind of feel like racing was always around us so we got a couple of days up but not too many so uh, yeah i thought really enjoyed it i have to say apart from a the bout of the virus that kicked in after New Year, but then all the fun stuff was done. So I was just able to get a few days off work. So I'm not complaining about that. Uh, back into the breach, though, back into the race hour, of course. And this is going to be the first of our kind of race hour Cheltenham Festival uh, pre-specials, I call them, as we um, as we kick into the countdown, as Dermot Nolan called it just before. Uh, Novice Chase is on the agenda today with myself, Dermot, and Don. Um, easy way to go through them courses tackle the arc or the turn as the brown advisory go up in distance and end on the uh, three mile six of the national hunt chase so that is the way we're going to go about it we'll kick off straight into the arc or picture and um, we did get some clues of course around that over the christmas period uh, we have an odds on favorite Thurman nolan horse that you uh, i wouldn't say you've always been the biggest fan of but a big fan nonetheless and now it's like what is going to take on marine national we've seen him barry connell's as confident as he normally is uh, around his charges and um, he thinks he's he's got the right one they're obviously skipping a constitution hill um style hurdle tear up so don't need to go there you can understand that is the arkle one horse race already yeah like i loved them last year for the supreme really love them I, I just love how effortless this sorry how effortless he is and that you know it, it just all kind of comes to him but it was a real making of a man performance over fences. I, I love the way Mikey O'Sullivan didn't like there was no holding back on him. Mikey O'Sullivan went and challenged him at every fence and he just he just spring heeled at every one of them. Um I I thought it was a one of the I thought I thought it was an absolutely ecstatic performance. Like it, it was just mesmeric. Like like he hit every fence beautifully. He sorry he 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 jumped every <laughs> fence beautifully. <laughs> and I just thought it was. I mean, like, it's a division that still has an awful lot to figure itself out. I mean, Fasal Vega was disappointing again. Um, You know, found a 50 as much as he won that race. I- I'm not sure about his speed-wise. Mr. Policeman's interesting. But after that, then you're, you're kind of, you know, you're getting down to the Blood Destinies and Delete Thompson, who could obviously improve for, for, um, for better ground. But it's a division where he was shortening up after Fasal Vega lost and he hadn't even jumped a fence yet. And that kind of said an awful lot about it. Um, but Dean, he can't have done any more than he did. The Irish Arkle is going to suit him as well because the ground at that time of the year tends to be at Leperstone quite quite good, which is why he he only came out around Christmas time, uh, which was ironic enough because the ground around Christmas really wasn't that good. Mm-hmm. But still, he was he was brilliant. Um, his jockey as well, Mikey O'Sullivan, is only getting better. Um, they're they're a real duo who are improving in front of our eyes, both of them. And yeah, I struggle to see him beaten. But it's just one of those things where you just kind of accept it for now. Hope, hopefully, Mister Policeman or somebody else can kind of come out and improve. But um, Marine National Dean, it was as close to a ten out of ten for a debut performance over fences as you're as you're going to see, really, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's I think that's totally fair. I mean, you know, it's put in at shades of odds on now with most of the layers, of course, and then you're struggling for something to go and take them on. I do see one brave bookmaker putting uh, in Pere Pass in there after uh, maybe the hurdles campaign is going to be. Uh, 
short and, and, and they'll go straight over fences. But then you've got Basil Vega, of course, who's plotted the book, uh, found the 50, Mr. Policeman. Uh, Gaelic Warriors got other targets, we think. And then probably a bunch of stayers. Don, is this going to turn into a Simmonsig type year where you might get four or five line up and we just watch the old bunny at the front do, do its thing? Yeah, like I think Marine Nacional is he, he, like he's a special horse already. Um, like, couldn't agree or, or disagree with anything Jeremy said there. He was brilliant. His jumping was brilliant. He, when he was long, he was fast. When he was short, he was able to go in and pop and quite, quite pop quite quickly. Um, even down to the last, like he just seemed to meet every fence in his stride, and that's not by accident. That's him measuring his fences up from a few strides out and getting his stride right, so he can just pop them. Like Barry Connell said beforehand, that his schooling over fences was brilliant. He said he's probably going to be a better chaser than Hurdler. Mm. And there was nothing from his performance in that beginner's chase to, to suggest otherwise. Like he was, he, I think he was three seconds faster than Dino Blue was in the grade one race. And they didn't, you know, the, the gentleman they set a good pace in that and she stayed on well. So there was not, there was nothing false about the, the way that race was run and they're grade one horses and he's winning a beginner's chase over the same course and distance in a three second faster time. And it was, it was fairly effortless. I mean, you see him going up to the winning line, you would have thought he could have gone faster if Michael O'Sullivan had kicked him on. And like Michael O'Sullivan, he's, he's brilliant on him. I, I think he's such a good rider. Like he's so good. He, he just seems to be always in the right place and he, he gets horses jumping and gets them traveling and doesn't panic. He's got, he's got, he's got a mind as well. So look, they're, to me, they're he's such an exciting horse marine national. Michael Sullivan's already a, you know, a proven jockey. He's not an exciting progressive jockey anymore. He's a, he's a top class jockey, and yeah, like all things being equal, you just you just love seeing these good horses, hoping everything goes well with them, and seeing them progress. Like he was, he was a seven to four shot for the Oracle before he ran in the beginner's chase. <laughs> yeah, like that, you know, like it. Uh, it's just you just wish him well. You just hope that he goes on and keeps on going because he could be a superstar. And wouldn't yeah. it be great as well, lads, to have the two-mile senior division with an actual clash happening? We've we've been promised a few of them over the years, and remember the year was Deffy Desai, etc., and then it was only him there in the morning then because the other ones uh, fell away, Shaq and Pursois and everything else. It would be great if the two-mile division had Marie National against an El Fabiolo next season because it is... Yeah, yeah, I know you hate John, but you can't knock him out of this. No, 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 but just, you know, until, <laughs> until El Fabiolo... Until El Fabiolo's beaten, he's the one to beat. Um, the, yeah. um, so, you know, but it would just be great because we just haven't had it for quite a while now. And that two-mile division, it is the best division when it gets going. You know, it's the most exciting. It's, it's safe to meet every fence so well. Um, he just smacks us something very, very special. He really does. Yeah, the risks involved in them hurting around over two miles. Stiff tracks with it all, all to play for and tactical uh, Tactical now coming into it is what you want. We've had so many great clashes over the years. I I, I echo you, Dan. I agree with you. Uh, I was going to say, though, I mean, if you remember what Barry Connell did with um, Marine National uh, last season, of course, I think they ran in the Fairy House meet, and then he went, no, we're going straight to Cheltenham. And it kind of yo-yoed the price a little bit along the way as they went on the way to Cheltenham, because it was like, well, he's going to need another run. I mean, how can you, how can you just come out and do that? They're going to have to have another run now before Cheltenham, surely. Where, where will they go? How many will they have? What do you reckon, Dan? Well, they'll go to the DRF, I'd imagine. Yeah. And if he wins at the DRF, they'll go straight there, I'd say. Mm. Yeah, um, like, he would have had more runs now, but the ground, they just didn't want him running in it. Um, last season as well, like, the reason why I stuck with him, and I, I think, I believe Don did as well with him, is that there wasn't, it wasn't an accident that he had his last run at Christmas. It wasn't him being weird. He'd been on the go all summer from bumpers true to true to true true to the grade one he's had a good break now which he hadn't had really going into uh before that run at fairy house last season so he he's had his break i don't think um more racing closer to the festivals is is going to be any sort of a problem to him he's just very good i actually think the the article at the drf with that ground and everything else which it tends to be obviously i'm not saying it, it will definitely but it has tended to be over the years nearly too too quick there um, that will only suit him. So I think the DRF onto Cheltenham, onto Punchestown or Aintree or whatever else, he, he can he can keep going now, which is great. Yeah. One more run be enough, Don? Absolutely. I think like Irish Oracle and then onto the Oracle. Oh, one more run before Cheltenham. Yeah. Um, 
he had a kind of a strange season last season. Like he won his bumper at Pontchartrain in May. It wasn't at the festival, and then he kind of kept going through the summer. Like he won at Killarney, he won his maiden hurdle at Pontchartrain in October. So he didn't really have a proper break. Then he went on and won the Royal Bond, and as Dermot said, when he won the Royal Bond, Barry Connell said we're going, <laughs> we're going straight to Cheltenham, which. For a fledgling trainer, I mean, he's not—he's not a fledgling owner. He's not a—he's not wet behind the ears at this game, but for a, a trainer who's just establishing himself, it was a brave call, and obviously it came to fruition. And you know, Marine Nacional did all that he hoped he would do at Cheltenham. Whereas this season, and that's the reason he didn't go to Punchestown. I think Barry just left him off after Cheltenham. Said we'd give him a good long summer now and bring him back and start his chasing career. And he was—I think he was supposed to go in the—he was—he was entered in the Navin race. Um. I think it was the race in which Factofile was beaten by American Mike. Might have been that yeah. race. Anyway, it was heavy ground, so he he didn't he didn't run in the race. He he went on, and Barry said then he was going to go to Leopardstown. So it's all it's not like like these breaks are not down to anything sinister or any setbacks. They're all planned, and see, like he seems to be, he's, well, he he wore a tongue a tongue strap the last day. He seems to be very straightforward horse. Nothing you know, no no glitches along the way. Touch wood. And yeah, please God, it'll remain like that. Is there something lurking? An Impere pass coming back from, uh, sorry, not coming back, stepping up over fences rather than maintaining a hurdling campaign this season or something a little bit darker um, out there in the offing, Don, that could challenge the national. We're all waxing lyrical about its chances and with fingers crossed as well that it goes the right way because the career in front of them looks so special. Um, but is there something? It's hard to see the one horse. Like, well, first of all, in the pocket, it's pity he's out for the season because he would have been yeah. a, an Oracle player. Um, Blood Destiny is the horse that I think could drop back and trip. I know he won his beginner's chase over two and a half miles, but he's got pace. Like, he was one of the top juveniles last season. He was only a three to one shot for the triumph hurdle, and Paul Townend had difficulty choosing between him and Lossiemouth. Um, and he was he was very good in in, in winning his chasing. On his chasing debut, beating Hartwood. And Hartwood's a good horse. He's a second season novice in the two horses. The two other horses in the race, Spanish Harlem and Landrake, they were 20 lengths behind and they're 130 odd rated hurdlers. So it was a really good performance, albeit over two and a half miles. But, you know, Willie Mullins has such strength and depth in the two mile division, or sorry, in the novice chase division. And every single one of them seems to be a two and a half miler. Yeah. You know, I, it wouldn't be surprising to see Blood Destiny drop and trip. And it is interesting. That he's entered in the two mile novice chasing by the reschedule. He wasn't in the original race on Sunday. He wasn't declared on Sunday, but he's in it now for the Friday race. So he's in with, with Mr. Policeman, a stable companion. So it'll be interesting to see if he does take his chance or which of them take their chance. Mr. Policeman is the other one. He's going to have to come from his, his, his chasing vow, but I'm sure he will. Like late November for Willie Mullins, you know, they're going to progress from there, from that point in the season. So he's one who could step forward, but. I'd be more interested in in Blood Destiny to see where he goes and what route he takes. Yep. Okay. We might see that obviously in the in the rearranged um, Lords and Nace meet, of course. Dermot, anything else outside of of those? Not particularly. No. There's kind of you know there's a there's a, a 28 races at the Cheltenham Festival. So when there's one kind of sorter for you, you're kind of happy enough. <laughs> <laughs> and it's early on. <laughs> yeah, and it's early on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, okay, I mean, look, we're, we're waiting to see if there are incredible rivals out there, and that's kind of where I was alluding this to, but maybe they can be credible and still not be good enough. That's what we're looking at with Marie National, uh, sitting at the top of that Arkham market. I likened it before to a kind of Simmonsig year. I think it might be exactly that, but that's you know, all to look forward to in the future with this horse. Barry Connell will give it one more run before Cheltenham, be the Arkham at uh, the DRF. That'll be its seventh, seventh, I think, win on the bounce, going for the eighth in, in an Arkham clash. So that's Pretty exciting stuff. Okay, why don't we move up slightly in distance and go to... This could be a similar discussion when we start looking at the turners because not quite odds on yet, but probably only needs to do uh, one more thing and maybe go the right way around <laughs> and, and win a chase uh, again. Is uh, is Gaelic Warrior, Dermot? This horse, um, yeah, he splits opinion everywhere. It's Marmite. Some people got their fingers burnt in, in obviously the very first Cheltenham target they went for without a run. And, um, and then since then, Engines intact, jumping is perhaps questionable, but uh, it's going to be a short price favourite for this race. Yeah, I, I, I can't see the Marmite angle now with him. I, I think he's very good, uh, and like I was one of his biggest attractors last season. You know, I, I couldn't see that. I just never saw it with him. But that first chase start, you went, ooh, that was very good. And then I had the same thought as what Patrick Mullins and even Danny Mullins said afterwards that you kind of went right, yeah, he, 
he won the first race, but he kind of, you know, the, the rest of the field were maybe happy to let him go. But just again, he, he was just brilliant. I also thought he jumped a lot straighter down the back than he had done ever before. Um, he still jumps right, obviously, but just down the back, it, it, you know, the tree down the back at Limerick, he looked a lot straighter there than he had done. But the first few again, he was still badly right. Like he's on a right-handed track, he's still jumping right. Um, I really so Patrick like. Patrick will just tell everyone to get out of the way. So yeah, 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 yeah. It'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, once once every other jockey listens to him. But yeah. it's like all that's all well and good. But we're talking about a horse who's eleven to eight. It's actually eight to eleven in a place as well. Mm. Um, for, for for this race, and he jumps right. I'm not saying that I'm going to be taking him on per se, but I'm definitely going to be looking for an each way angle against him. It's not. Okay. It's just going down through the years, Dean. Who's the last horse that you can remember who jumped that right going around Cheltenham and won? You know what I mean? As in, it's it's a very hard thing to mass. Remember, York Hill once got beaten in the Powers Gold Cup at Fairy House, jumping very badly left. He was by far the best horse in that race on the day, but he gave away such lengths. Like, if they can straighten up Gaelic Warrior any bit, he's probably the best horse there in the race. But we're not talking about bad horses behind him. Corbett's Cross, who Don McLean deserves an awful... Uh, positive mention for the fact that he Don did mention that he wasn't quite sure whether this horse would stay the three miles obviously Emmett Mullins form would maybe suggest that Corbett's Cross can't be completely ruled out for that but when I watched back the Albert Bartlett after Don had said it Corbett's Cross maybe didn't quite he might have been crying enough coming towards that last hurdle and that's why he he ducked out maybe but at, he didn't look a stayer to me but we can't forget how brilliant he was before that so Corbett's Cross at 12 to 1 14 to 1 is a huge price um, I hope fact of file runs here just to, just to know you, Dean, but I don't think he will. Um, the uh, and you know, like like there's an awful lot of very good horses in this field. So just to say, I think the Marmite title has to go for him, but I think Gaelic Warriors 2024 should be built around a clash against Ile Francais and the King George because I just think he'd, he'd be absolutely amazing around yeah. uh, Kempton. But as much as him going to Cheltenham, not that I'm taking him on because he doesn't have to correct all that much to still win this race but I'm very happy to go each way against him because he just does like when you watch back the first race the first run over fences at Punchestown he's jumping really right at Punchestown he's doing it again at Limerick he straightens up down the back which which would give you some kind of hope with him but yeah Dean I'm definitely going to be trying to find an each way angle to at least place behind him and maybe take advantage if he starts going really really right there, well, look, there's a flaw there. The, the Marmite thing that came from me was that you'll, you'll, and this is, you know, maybe a social media poll that I didn't take, but I can read what everyone says in there. It's like, I cannot back that at Cheltenham. That can't win at Cheltenham. Look what it does, blah, blah. That's the Marmite bit. Fair, and fair, fair. Yeah, others yeah. who are saying, that wins whatever it goes for. Look at the engine. Look at the horse. Look at the, look at the colors. Look at the association. Look at the connections. Uh, there's lots to like about Gaelic Warrior, Don. You can tell me what you think. There's loads to like about him, Dean. No question. Um, he's all of that's true. He's got an engine. He's got class. But like, it, it's down to how much how much he has in hand of all his rivals versus how much he's going to give away by going right. Like he's he's run at Cheltenham twice. He's been beaten twice. Okay, he was he was beaten by Empire Pass in the Ballymore, so that was a really good run. But he was beaten in a Fred Winter off a of mark of 129. And he went violently. I was, was only beaten a short head by Brazil, who's enhanced that form since. But Brazil didn't have, like, he actually hampered Brazil on the way around. So I, I'm with Dermot on this. Like, I, I, I definitely wouldn't be backing him at even money or even a shade of odds against for all that. He's got the engine, he's got the class, he's got the power. But Cheltenham, just discussing this earlier on, somebody else, it's, a, it, it's not just like Leopardstown, Haydock, Newbury, they're straight and then around an oval, around a bend, and then straight again. Cheltenham, mm. it's turning all the while. And if you're jumping right, and I take Jeremy's point about Limerick, he wasn't he wasn't that noticeable back straight, but I don't know, maybe it's not that you don't notice it on the right hand track. When you're going left, it just enhances it. Because if you go, if you're if you're jumping, if you're turning left and you're jumping straight, you're giving away ground. Do you know what I mean? like if you're if you're jumping yeah, right, you need to be manual almost. Yeah. It's very, it's very difficult at Cheltenham. Like you, you go down the back straight and you don't really see it from the television screen. You're all the while turning. Like you jump, you turn, you jump, you turn. More over, and there are more jumps over fences than over hurdles. So, like, you have to, you have to admire him as a horse. And the the time that he clocked at Limerick and the forces that he beat and the way that he did it, really, really impressive. And Jeremy's right about the King George. Like he loves to see him going for the King George three miles, Kenton. 
that'd be it'd be brilliant to see him saying that. Um, but at Cheltenham, at the price, and I, I think this could be a deep enough race. I, I think it could attract quite a few others. So, yeah, I, I'd be against him now at the price. There. Okay. The old course um, will help him, though, won't it? The old course will help him more than the new course did at Cheltenham, at least. Like, at least, like, just to, just to add a bit of positive back from him. He still has, like, I'm still taking him on. But the old course will be a bit kinder to him, Don, I'd imagine, than what the... Uh, the new course was. I think it's the new course, isn't it? But you're right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Yeah. It's a more, yeah, it's a more yeah. galloping track. You're right. Yeah, absolutely. That'll help them better on the third day than the second day or the first yeah. day in the Arkle or the second day in the Brown Advisory. So, yeah, that that'll be a positive for them. All right. Yeah. All right. Let's let's talk about these uh, these rivals. Like this is going to be a way deeper than Arkle. Um, what is like to turn up? Would Corbett's Cross be the obvious one, Don, to to be thinking about at this point? Yeah, I'd like to see him in this team. Um, so Jeremy was saying earlier on about the Albert Bartlett last year. And like, look, we know Stayaway Fay is a really strong stayer. So I'm not certain that he, he would have beaten him. Um, and the beginner's chase that he won when he beat Nick Rocket and Monty Starr in three card brag, that was two miles, five and a half. And the last day over three miles. Uh, like he he kept on without necessarily s- suggesting that he, he he needed every yard of the trip against Grenchlar West. So I think he's a pacier horse than an absolute stare. Um, his he's he's probably going to have to improve his fluency over his fences if he's going to drop down and trip to an extended two and a half miles. It's just his jumping. It's not it's not slick. It's more the jumping of a stare than of a of a of a, a shorter distance horse, but. If he could, if he could just be a wee bit slicker over his fences, then he could take a good step forward. And I think a fast run, two and a half mile type race that should be that should suit him well. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, anything else from from the the field that you you'd be interested in now? I mean, there's a lot to pick from. Yeah, fifty is interesting. Like I think he can go back out and trip. He finished second in the Drinmore, and he probably. He stayed on really, really well over two miles and a furlong the last day. And, you know, the, the, the Leopard Sand trip, it's two miles and a furlong. So it's not actually the minimum trip. So it does take a lot of getting for a, for a you know, for a two mile type of horse. So you could see him stepping back out and trip. Back to five, I think. Yeah, I agree with Darren. I think he, he might maybe could be stepping up even further. He could be going to the Brown Advisory. Um, Basil Vega, it looks like he might step out and trip. Well, he said that he could I go have to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think so. So and then and then a lot of them are William Mullins horses, so they're kind of interdependent, aren't they? But hundred percent, they certainly are. I I think Found Fifty is the interesting one. I'm not sure he got enough credit for the Drimble run. Um, you know, being beaten by I Am Maximus and that turning that race into a bit of a farce for it for a novice event. But at the same time, I thought it was a big run. Fairy House that trip uh, on that ground. Yeah, I thought that was a big performance. I wouldn't be that disappointed with him i think he was he was obviously short enough for the race on the day and perhaps a bit of a surprise they didn't go and back up what they thought about him. but to go and beat my mate was at leopard's town i definitely put him into the mix Dermo, what would you put into the mix then if you're going to be taking on gaelic where it sounds like i think most people the shrewdies as we like to put ourselves in that bracket will turn up a chant and go i'm not backing gaelic warrior but if it wins i was in the multi yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's what tend to be what us mugs do but yeah. the uh no and i have never been particularly warm on on him anyway, I really respect him, but it, it's at those prices, I'll always be happy. There's kind of two I'm looking at here. Corbett's Cross, would like to see him again, um, because again, for, for all the reasons Don said, but I, I'd i quite like Ilé Thomas, um, Ilé Tay Thomas at, at a trip like this. Um, I thought he ran huge behind Gaelic Warren. Has, has to be remembered that, you know, his form really, really improved last season as the ground got better. Um, and, you know, he... He'll improve an awful lot after that. He was brilliant beating Home oh My Lord at Turles. Really good at Limerick. Uh, behind Gaelic Warrior, who just everything suited Gaelic Warrior on the day, including race tactics. And yeah. Illidae Thomas, he's he's going to get better as this goes on, as the season goes on. He's the kind of horse that has shocked his stable mates in the past. And the Turners, as much as, you know, you have to show an awful lot of kind of stamina in yourself as well. It, it does come down to who has a who has a very nice turn of foot. And I think Illidae Thomas has that. I remember uh, thinking of Defi Desai beating Lost in Translation, etc. You know, he only beat him that day because he had that kind of turn of foot about him. So, Lite Thomas could be one to kind of shock his stable mate 
Um, he'd be the one that I'd be leaning towards now at the prices. Um, but definitely if Corbett's cross, I'd like to see him again. And I'd like to see him maybe over that kind of shorter trip somewhere and just just to see if he can jump with a bit more speed because I think they were trying to train him to be maybe a stare. Um, but I'd like to see him fire at this. And with how good Dean, your, your by fact the file was, um, I could see that happening now as well. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, there is there is a Paul Nichols entry in here, and I know it takes a while to find them these days in uh, in these races <laughs> because you get so many from the Elliot Mullins contingent. And, well, yeah, perhaps there could be two. Um, Hermes Allen and Nappers Hill are in the, the mixture here. Um, both of them with a, with a victory and a defeat so far on their on their chase cards, if you want to call it. And um, Paul Nichols will have a runner in here, Don, and they're not complete back numbers. No, no, no. Like Napper's had a bit of a setback. He was supposed to go in the kind of star chase, wasn't he? And he missed that. So hopefully he'll be back right soon. But Hermes Allen, yeah, like I thought he ran really well in the kind of star. Like Ile Francais is a monster, isn't he? Like he, yeah, he could have met the Gold Cup winner of next year. Yeah. That's what he, he could have, have met the best horse we've ever seen. But like, is it, you, we just don't know what how good he is. Yeah. He just got one fast and kept going faster, didn't he? Yeah. And like, the time was faster than the King George. Initially, when I saw that, I thought, "Yeah, well, they went too fast, too early in the King George, and that had that, you know, that that hindered the time." But it wasn't that wasn't the case at all. Ile Francais just got out and kept going. And Hermes Allen, he tried to match him for a little while, and I thought he did well because you know, already we know that that was a difficult task, and time may prove that it was an impossible task to try and match Ile Francais. So, and Hermes Allen, like the cello hurdle hurdle winner from last season. He didn't have the pace for a Ballymore, even though he sent off his favourite. And Challer Hurdle winners don't have a good record in the Ballymore. So that makes sense. He was good and was chasing debut this season. And like, yeah, I mean, you could is it is it the case that based on his kind of star run, he'd be better dropping down to two and a half miles? Or is it just that he met such a good horse over three that it wasn't stamina that beat him in the end? I, th- I thought he kept on well enough. So I know they were talking about the two and a half mile race, but... I still think he'd have the stamina for three if they wanted to, wanted to go Brown Advisor. Options open, indeed. Um, Nappers Hill would be interesting if they get that back because if you think they've always had always had great hopes for it, it's run uh, okay at Cheltenham over hurdles, of course. And uh, yeah, run behind unexpected party on debut and then and then winning at Wincanton. I, I think there's probably still a bit more to come from them. You can't rule Paul Nichols out this race and he will, he will go there with one or two chances, I think. Okay, are we happy enough on the turners then? Can't betting, of course. Uh, Gaelic Warrior, you can see uh, bits of odds on him, like eight to eight to eleven. But there is some odds against uh, out there with the with the various layers, and then it's almost ten to one bar if you can uh, can sift them down. So there is a bit of value in there. Hopefully, we've discussed some of it and some that we think might get involved. Uh, we'll go up and trip again. This is where the uh, the banker of the meeting runs, as David Nolan knows. Um, but you know, I've, I can only talk about it so much. I'll let someone else have a go first. Uh, Grange Clare West is the current market leader, of course, for the Brown Advisory. Stay away, Faye is in there. Heroic, of course, at Cheltenham last year. Uh, then comes back to file. Corpus Cross, we've already discussed him. Some of these with other options like Gaelic Warrior, Broadway Boy, bit of a home team chance, of course. Uh, and then where do you go? Ile Francais won't come, Dermo, but the Brown Advisory, well, it's all shaping up for the right horse, isn't it? Back to file. Back to file. Dean, yeah, look, he was brilliant. You're. You, you... Your confidence was right. Um, he was outstanding, and that's the first point to make. He was. He he jumped everything beautifully. Mark Walsh, who'd, who'd be a fairly um, he'd keep himself well, well composed in interviews. He seemed quite excited afterwards, which I always know just just how giddy a jockey is. Not that he'd ever be giddy now, Mark Walsh, but there was a certain uh, hop to him. I thought Grange Clare West was just simply outstanding. I think Stay Away Faye has done everything correct so far. This Harvard's is cross. Corbett's yeah. Cross is too short now, considering what happened there. Gaelic Warrior, I, I couldn't imagine him running here, but stranger things have happened. Um, Broadway Boy is very short uh, compared to Monty Starr, who, who I, again, obviously I'm swaying towards because you know, I put this horse up at 50 to 1 in the, the independent start of the season, but I really liked what he did. Dean, this is one hell of a division. Um, mm. It really is. It, it's... It's extremely hot. And that's not even talking about Grey Dawning, who was very good. Nick Rocket, who was very good. Nick Rocket could end up in the four minor, maybe. But, you know, Apple Away, Embassy Gardens, um, like, let's be clear about it. Afferdale Fiore, who was second last year in the um, Albert Bartlett. You know, uh, Fivari, Fivori de Shamdu, who obviously was excellent as well when beating um, Sandor Kaglain as well. 
obviously flopped at Christmas, but still you you wouldn't dismiss him um all out. He's a 40 to one shot. It's a serious division. This is really, really hot. Um Grange Clare West was excellent, I thought, really good. And Corbett's cross didn't run his race, maybe, but or, or he was just well and truly stuffed. As I said, stay away. Faye has done absolutely nothing wrong. Fact of fight, I really liked his performance. But the one thing I will caveat it with Dean is that Zanier was second. I think the race somewhat fell apart. And I think sometimes Leopardstown can lend itself to making a beginner's chase performance look absolutely out of this world. When one horse starts flowing and the other ones maybe aren't, it can just, you know, it's such a galloping track, they're gone. And it can just, Ascot's another track where sometimes, you know, a Venetia Williams horse win a handicap chase by 60 lengths and he's getting quotes for the Gold Cup. You know, this kind of thing uh, can happen on big bounding tracks like that. Saying that, he was eight to one for a good few days. He's shortening now, but even six to one's quite big, Dean, considering what fact the file actually very did on big, the day. Very yeah, big. very big. But I'm Monty Star for me, Dean, has been the one that I I fell in love with him last year at um at Clonmel. That run was probably two clubs to Cheltenham. His first run behind Corbett's Cross was littered with uh, with promise. And last time, as much as there has been excuses made for three card brag, obviously, he still comfortably was was with him the whole way around I think he was going to win that no matter what happened he's an excellent horse and for me 20 to 1 or so about Monty Star is where I'd be leaning at for the moment with the one caveat that I'd nearly fancy him more on the new course in a gold cup than I would maybe over three miles in the old course um a, a small bit that's that's the one flaw that I seen him but I'm looking forward to kind of seeing him again and we have to remember as well and we can't underestimate Henry de Bromet trains his novice chasers to really peak towards the festival. I mean, you know, Indo was beaten by Lorena in his warm-up. Uh, he babies them as hurdlers. They kind of slowly get going. I think he has plenty of improvement left in him. And 20 to 1 for him. Yeah, very, very big price. Thing. Yeah, Monty Star has to be interesting. Still at a very backable each-way price if you're going to get involved now, even though it's bigger, of course, when you talked about the first on here. And I think Don also spoke about Monty Star on here alongside you on a previous pod and, and he put three card brag away. He is a good horse. There's no question about that. And they, they've got options though. They might not have to come here for one of the strongest looking brand advisories you'll find uh, on paper anyway, at this stage, they could go, they could even go up into it, but it's totally blessed with, with stamina. Uh, Don, I'm going to come to you and in a pure selfish way, um, talk to me about factor file. What did you make of his, uh, of his coming of age at Leopardstown? Um, you had to be impressed with him being like, you couldn't not have been impressed with him. Um, like it was a good step forward from his run the last day when American Mike beat him, which was a bit of a shock. But like that was mid November, and the Willie Mullins horses they just they're only starting to get going in mid November. Like by Hatton's Grace Hurdle meeting, they're they're starting to hit their stride, and then by Christmas they're flying. So mid November, you can you you know you knew he was gonna almost certainly gonna improve from that, and he really did. I, like I thought his jumping was really good. He, he stood off the third, well, the, what's usually the third last, the second last. He got a good shot of that. He flew that. Then he came down to what was the, the last fence, the usual second last, and he was long at it. And Mark Walsh just allowed him to do what he wanted to do, and he he went long. So, and, and even the way he finished from there, came up to home straight, and that's a that's a bit of a grueling home straight when there's no fence there to to occupy you along <laughs> the way up the hills. No, he, he, he was very, very good, and He's, he's the right age now. Like it's obviously, it was a big talking point at the start of the season, going straight over fences from bumpers. But Willie Mullins did say that they'd kind of decided late last season that that's what they were going to do. Like they they were thinking about if they'd been going over hurdles, they'd have gone over hurdles last season, not this season. Like they were always going over fences this season because he was six rising seven. So it's it's not a it's not a kind of an afterthought. I'm sure we saw Florida Pearl and missed that that. That's no, that's no barrier when when you're trained by William Mullins, especially. So no, you you have to like factifile um everything about him really. But no, I I agree with with Dermot on Monty Star. He's a he's a lovely horse. Like his run, I I thought he enhanced his, his reputation the last day against Three Card Brag. He was very good. His jumping was superb. I thought Rachel Blackmore was really good on him. She just allowed him whenever he jumped up to Three Card Brag. I'm sure there's there's a temptation there to let him roll on and get in front of your main rival and cut in and, you know, just annoy him or, or get, get pole position from him. But she didn't. She took him back. She allowed his jumping kind of be his energy saver, if you like. And whereas Ricard Bragg wasn't jumping as well as he was. 
And I guess as well, I'm sure she saw the three-card bag, bag wasn't jumping that well. So if it ain't broke, why, why fix it? Why would you try and change things up? So he, he won really well. And three-card brag, I, I can see three-card brag maybe stepping out and trip to a National Hunt chase. It's a race that Gordon Elliott likes. I think he'll be better with a with a lead. And he, he you know he can jump better. He's a stamina horse anyway. He finished second behind in the pocket in the grade two, two and a half mile. And Navin Novice heard last season run at Nace, interestingly. But he always shaped last season like he'd be better over further over hurdles. And same again this season. Three mile six could suit him really well. Whereas Monty Starr, like he's a brother to half brother to Manali, who, who was a kind of a three miler, not much further than three miles. And I think the brand advisory could be a better race for him while he, he does stay well. Task for a brand advisory as well. Yep. Fair. Uh, yeah, I've a lot of time for three car brand as well. So that does make that Monty start performance and um, you know carry a bit more weight, certainly with the likes of us on this podcast. Anyway, you have to be impressed with Glenn, Grange Claire West. I think it might have even surprised um Willie a little bit and Paul that they were able to go and do that at this stage. Do you think, Don? Yeah, maybe. And um, like the, the worry about Grange Claire West, I was working on the day, like to me it was could he back it up? Like his his he's never been beaten in five runs after a break of I think eighty days or more. Mm. And his two runs back after a, sh- a shorter break or a break of fifty days or less, he was beaten. So he was running back after winning his beginner's chase at Nace um really impressively, where his jumping was very good. And to me that was a big worry for him that, you know, would he be able to go and do a second run back? And he did. He was really good. As, as Jerry Hannon said in commentary, he took the gallop in the shop route around the home turn, around the hair rail and yeah. just stayed on really strongly. So it was a, it was a, that was a, a really taken performance. All right. And you can see why now he's, you know, he's top of the market in the brand advisory. So he's the one they have to beat. But, you know, for all that, we spoke about Corbett's cross earlier, Florian Porter, Florian Porter went around the inside the whole way, which probably wasn't the place to be. At Leprosine over Christmas on the chase track anyway. But you know what what are you gonna do? He jumps to his left, so the Keith Donahue had no other option but to go around the inside. Um so and Grinch Claris came wide. So, you know, maybe he was maybe a little bit flattered by the visual impression of the performance, but at the same time, he was very good. He was strong to the line as well. Like he he bounded up the hill similar and maybe not quite as impressively as Gallop in the Champ, but in a similar fashion. So no, he's a he's he's a lovely horse, all right. Yeah, yeah, indeed. I mean, this does kind of you know whet the appetite for what's coming in a, in a Gold Cup year next year, doesn't it? And Demo said that just before, but Don, if we get the likes of Gaelic Warrior, Ile Francais, a few of the others from the slightly um, shorter trips, and this lot through the ring, um, there's going to be some fun next year. Yeah, and Gallop and the Shaman, Jerry Callum, and Fast. Well, they stuff. won't go anywhere, but they'll be there. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Will there be enough room? We'll have to, we'll have to increase the that's max the thing size. About racing, isn't it? Yeah. There's a thing about national hunt racing. Like if you got, and I've done this before for articles, if you get the kind of the on the flat, if you get the the six the current six year olds who should be racing, five year olds, the four year olds, and three year olds and put them together and go, would not be a hell of a King George on the flat, or would not be a hell of a champion stakes. And yeah. you go, Wow, that would be amazing if they all lined up against each other. But we get that on the over jumps because they do, you know, you got the nine, the eight, the seven. Maybe even the six-year-olds taking each other on. So 100%. yeah, no, it's uh, if they all if they all remain sound and well, please God, it'd be brilliant. Sure, we'd lots to look forward to. Uh, two votes for Monty Star, though, but a very backable each way price on here. Something has to finish second effect as well. So lads, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I salute your uh, I salute your commitment to the cause. Oh, we got you. three months of this shit there, don't we, folks? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's not often I'm right. I just need to talk about <laughs> yeah, it. Fair, so, fair enough, fair enough. And until it goes wrong. There'll be a reason. There'll be a reason why it does. Um, so it's all good. Okay, look, um, let's let's go off and trip again because we get to the National Hunt Chase. The three mile six, or as, it, as it's, it's been coined, plenty of places. Um, now this is where I thought Monty Star might be the one. But um, current betting, Embassy Gardens is, uh, is at the top of the market. Eight Grange Clare West, of course, is in there at tens. Meeting of the Waters, who is a Paddy Power winner for uh, some shrewd connections, let's say. Um, Nick Rockets in there, and of course we're literally talking about the same horses here. It's where they want to turn up, Don, isn't it? And who's going to find this being the the option for them? Yeah, no, it, it is. You know, and it's uh, I guess they're even closer in distance now than they were when it was a four miler. Yeah. Um, but you know, you still need you need stamina. It's a, it's a it's a classy race. This it can be 
and yeah like I was initially I was thinking if Monty Starr went for this he'd be very interesting in it but more and more I'm kind of thinking the Brown Advisory might be the race for him whereas you could see maybe Stay Away Faye stepping up and trip for this maybe yeah. three card brag I think three card brag this this could be his race he's got all the kind of you know he's, he's been beaten by Monty Starr now over three miles so how are you going to beat Monty Starr okay maybe not 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 lead jump better but also maybe stepping out and trip I think it, it it just it just might suit him well. Like he hasn't won a chase yet, but he's a he's a classy hurdler, and he hasn't gone like when he goes beyond three miles. There's every chance that he will improve again for the step out and trip. So, like you know, you've got Salvador Ziggy in there as well. He could be interested. Nick Rocket, he was good the last day, and he like that that two mile five and a half furlong beginners chase, the one in which Corbett's Cross beat Monty Star, three card brag, and Nick Rocket. That yeah. was a very good beginner's chase. And that, that race could have a big bearing on the, the staying novice chases at the festival. Yeah, 100%. I mean, this, there is an opportunity here, Demo, for one of those horses in the mix for the Brown Advisory to go would take the penalty kick option and hope no one follows us over to the over to the three-mile sixer. Uh, which, which, one, which one is Patrick pushing them to go for? How do you know? Yeah, I, like, I think Nick Rocket is the horse that Patrick Mullins will end up on. Okay. Because I think Grange Clare West was too good over three miles and fact the file as well that I think Willie will send the two of them over three miles. And they're trying to guess the mind of Willie Mullins is obviously like even Freud couldn't have sorted that out. But, you know, the um, <laughs> Grange Clare West, though, he just he was. He was too good over three miles to put him up here would be kind of uh, wild enough. You could see Embassy Gardens or someone else running here as well. But I... I, I just I think we could end up seeing a bit of slotting backwards as well in that Fasal Vega hasn't maybe turned out to be the two miler they think so they're gonna have to move work backwards a little bit over two and a half miles and two miles as well that I just could see him on Nick Rocket I thought Nick Rocket was very good last time uh the one I like here Dean is um Sander Glenn. I think I think there's excuses for him in that I just think Paul Nolan's stable has just had a very tough season so far I think that I think there are eleven winners since um since April, um, it's they've just an awful lot of their horses see, uh, have seem seem to be hitting the front and then not seeing out their races. Paul Nolan, they were very unlucky yard overall. They've they've had an awful lot of this and an awful lot of losing very good horses. He's still a very good horse. I think he was unlucky last year in the Albert Bartlett as much as Stay Away Faye was probably going to be hard to catch anyway. But he ran an absolute screamer, um, and he improved as the season went on. I think he'll do that again. I, as I said, he was beaten fair and square by Favari de Shamdu, but I just think that the the health of the horses in the yard wasn't that good. There was a few of them not, not seeing out the races. He was similar for me. I'd like to see him run in that same Nace race that Discorama took in before he, he agonizingly lost this race. I could see him going down that route and he's not a million miles off being a grade one horse over three miles, in my opinion. So at a decent price, he'd be one but I just think that the the real key to this to kind of really getting ahead of yourself would be maybe taking Nick Rocket's price and seeing if uh, if Patrick ends up on him on the day he's <laughs> yeah. much much shorter. Yeah, yeah it definitely all. make a difference. I mean, there is one horse in here where I think they're pretty clear that this is going to be the target. It's not trained enough. Nigel Twiston Davis's Broadway Boy uh, has been to Cheltenham what three times already, uh, put up big performances, running behind Florin Porter, then uh, hammered Weevil been caught. And three under through five, all at Cheltenham, all at this kind of, you know, this is where they're going to go, Don. It's 14 to one. I think it'll line up on the day. It's just what Irish will take it on. Yeah, no, he's been progressing all right. Um, it was a good run behind Florian Porter while he was pretty well beaten by him. I was a companion behind him as well in third. But mm. no, he's progressed since then. And I thought he did well to win the last day because he was in a, he was in a nice jumping early on. And then he made a mistake at... I think it was the final ditch and then he made another mistake at the next fence and you thought well that's him gone anyway you know he's just got to lose his rhythm but he, he showed a lot of resolve I thought to get back into the race and to stay on as well as he did to win but um, yeah I think they're, they're still between this and the or, or the brand advisor aren't they I don't think they've confirmed really where he's going to go but no they are. Nice I, I think yeah. I heard I heard young Twiston Dave saying that this was the this was the way to go and I'm hoping that that Willie knows if that makes sense <laughs> The assistant trader with the with the loudest voice when he's allowed to speak. He's a good man. Um, okay, I, I think he's interesting because the um and the ring of where everything else will go, and there's still there's still a bit of juice in the price there if if, if we get it right. Um, fascinating race. We didn't mention if if he comes here. Sorry, Dean. Sorry, Fury. 
Yes, after that period. Yeah. It's like, so he's got the two options as well. Like he ran a massive race in the Albert Barton hurdle last year at a big price, and he won the beginner's chase at Galway. That's often a really good pointer to the future. He stayed on really well, and you have to forgive him his last run, but that, that wasn't his running. So, yeah, he might be a wee bit under the radar as well. Okay. Okay. I mean, I was going to get to this point and kind of say, you know, out of, out of the ones we've discussed, where's the best bit of value? I'm not sure I have to ask you, though, because both of yourself, uh, Don, and Dan are keen on this Monty star for a brown advisory at the prices. Best bit of value out there at the minute, Dermot, would you say, is that? Yeah, you know, I'm on a 50, so I'm kind of happy enough with kind of where I am there now. I I kind of would like to see him short, maybe <laughs> a little bit more even. Uh, but no, look, away from him, the one that I'm most keen on is uh, Sander Kiglain. Mm. Um, saying that, though, I'd like to see him again. But yeah, no, he will be one that I'd be quite keen on. I just think that there is excuses for him, and that's why his price is as big as it is. There. Okay, Affidel Fury coming into the mix here, Don. Is this in this question, or is it? Yeah, we've all, we've all talked about Montes. No, I think the best value is ten to eleven about Marine Nacional. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> I can understand that. Uh, who's going to yeah. take around? You'd you just be like watching watching the ATM just open up for business, like Simonsig was that year. If anyone <laughs> had any kind of prices on it, it was almost like everything else behind was going. Look at that yeah. great thing. He's so nice. Who was yeah, the most horse? Who was the most Morris horse that chased him home that year? Bailey's. Oh yeah, thing? yeah, the green colours. Yeah, it was. Yeah, um, you kind of finished second in Punchstone a few times. It doesn't matter, but I can't remember the, the second name. It's in my head, really annoying me right now. Bailey something. But yeah, sorry, go on. Yeah, yeah, just collecting prize money behind Simonsig on for all the way around. Yeah, nice. Um, okay. His yeah. his great value. What's the price? What's bringing that now? Right now. Uh, let's have a look. No, no, that, 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 that's, that's the thinking. He's great value. What, what price is he? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, I got you. <laughs> I got you. Hard to argue. Hard to argue. Let's talk about uh, any other novice uh, chasers that are, uh, you know, catching up. Maybe they're not going to turn up here. Maybe they'll turn up elsewhere, but um, are interesting for handicaps. I, I did pick out a couple of uh, UK ones. I don't know why I'm on this Nigel Twist and Davis kind of bandwagon, but uh, I thought Master Chewing finally came of age at Kempton over Christmas. I thought that was a big performance to beat Nickelback uh, there in the grade two. I think it's up to 150 now, so that's going to limit options perhaps a touch. But uh, the way that one tackled the final flight and took off like it could uh, go around again, there's definitely there's definitely more to come from that. He's been a frustrating type. We've all been caught. I know they've had big um, big hopes for, and it hasn't really happened. Of course, there's running behind floor and floor and Broadway. Boy, that one's off a marker in the mid-130s. I wouldn't be surprised to see we've all been caught run well. In, in a good handicap at some of these festivals, obviously at Cheltenham. The other one I was going to mention was the big chap who I was lucky enough to see at Fairy House win a huge prize for training Fulfman. Uh, I think it's run pretty well a couple of times since then. Another one in the mid-130s, so I'd imagine they'll have some target for it. may not, of course, be at Presby Park, but you never know. And um, yeah, that, they were the ones I was going to pick out I thought were interesting. Dermo, did you have anything that you on your radar? Uh, yeah, I thought I know the way you're thinking ran like a horse who was going to prove an awful lot behind Gaelic Warrior for maybe going into a handicap and mm. the uh, the application of money maybe as well might uh, might help <laughs> his cause. But uh, I thought he ran a huge race uh, at the Simon Torrance game, a peach of a ride as well. Um, I just thought that he was he was just excellent, really, really good. There's a, there's a few of them around the place as well. I thought as well as that Cotter Harla ran a big race that day in that um novice or sorry sorry that beginner's chase that don mentioned earlier in which the front four have all kind of um uh kind of stamped their quality cole, since cole murphy's horse that one yeah it? yeah he showed I really a good like bit. him yeah going forward I do he showed a good him. bit in that he jumped very well jumped a bit left maybe as well which wouldn't have helped his cause but he showed enough that day as well so look there's two kind of jp horses that i'm looking forward to seeing what uh what maybe they're kind of moving towards as the season goes on, there is that big novice handicap chase uh, that Balco de Flow won a few years ago that I do think I know the way you're thinking would be absolutely prime for that. Sure, sure. I'm shocked by the owner that you picked out. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big shock, yeah. There are a lot of them around. Um, Don, anything of, uh, of interest that, you know, maybe not for those, but for something else? Yeah. Um, I, and I have no idea where he's going to go or if, 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 if he's even going to stay down the handicap route. Waterford Whispers, I thought... I, I think there's a lot to like about him. Like he beat Attaboy Charlie in a goal I made in Hurdle back in October. Attaboy Charlie won at Christmas. He beat Answer to Cave in a fairy house race at the in a novice hurdle at the Hatton Grace Hurdle meeting. 
and he won with a wee bit more in hand. I got them the fair winning margin. And answered to Kafer on a good race in the Doran's Pride Hurdle at Limerick. And then at Christmas on the last when he finished second behind Cham- Champagne Admiral, Admiral, um, thought Champagne Admiral got a great ride from the aforementioned Michael O'Sullivan in front. And Watford Whispers, he wasn't far behind him. He was up, up, up handy as well. Mark Walsh always had him close, but he just couldn't get past him. And I think he probably needs a greater stamina test than a, a steadily run two and a half miles. He's from the, the family of Topsham Bay, a Whitbread Hurdle winner, or Whitbread Hurdle winner, Whitbread Gold Cup winner. <laughs> um, so he's probably more stamina oriented than two and a half miles at a sedate pace. And uh, yeah, I was thinking, what's he going to go for a challenge? Carl Cup. I'm not sure the Carl Cup would be his race, but anyway, I just think he's a horse worth keeping in mind wherever he goes. Um, my mate Mozzie, I think, well, I thought he ran well in the Grade One race. He finished second behind, found a fifty. He could be a grand annual type of horse for Gavin Cromwell. He's already won at Cheltenham. He won at the October meeting. He was impressive winning that day. Remember Keith Donoghue, yep. stock still going over the last. Um, and he's he's a he's got he's got good experience as well. He's only had three runs over fences. He's kind of rated in the hundred and forties over hurdles. So that'd be a good mark for a grand annual. I was thinking that if he's if he's around about the same over fences, so maybe him for a grand annual. Interesting. Uh, Waterford Whispers obviously picked out. Uh, that's the Henry Bromhead, JP McManus one, and my mate Mozzie. And my mate Mozzie was beaten by the big chap, I think, at uh, Fairy House when I was there. I think that might have been his chase debut. I obviously went on then to, to Cheltenham and, and scored and has run well since. Fair enough. Did anyone see David Bridgewater has the Ultima handicap winner uh, warming up nicely? In, did anyone pick this up at the weekend? The one that won the uh, Sussex National. Dom of Mary. Yeah, Todd was very decent. He's a very good jockey as well, that uh, Caelan Quinn. Uh, yep. He's very, very good. Um, good performance. I think you're maybe a little bit uh, starry-eyed when it comes to David Bridgewater uh, Chasers. He served, served you well d- uh, down the yeah. years, but he does scream. He does scream that type. Yeah. Hey, look, he's going to need a few pounds. It might not even be this year that they, yeah. that they, that they go for it. But um, yeah, interesting horse, that Don with Mary. Keep an eye on it. Uh, David Bridgewater, when he targets something, rarely misses. Just needs a bit of luck uh, to get that right. So do keep an eye on that. Don't know where that will turn up, but it will turn up somewhere before and then probably there. Uh, there's also Kindle things like that for that one to go for. So do keep an eye on Don with Mary. Okay, I think we got through it all. I, I have to say uh, I enjoyed that ramble through all the novice chase divisions and a little bit more uh, towards the end of it, of course, on this week's race hour. Um, my pleasure to talk to Dermot Nolan and Don McLean again. Do remember the race house brought to you, of course, with our friends at gambling.com and Cashwin Sportsbook for the national hunt season. Of course, we're looking forward to teaming up with them. 30% sports cash back up to 300 euro for Irish players. All the details on the screen. Uh, this has been the race hour. My thanks go to Dermot Nolan and Don McLean. Thank you. Relentless, remorseless, and proudly caught that star into submission.